and welcome to the Big Apple School podcast, the weekly English show where we speak about everything under the sun. The major goal of this show is to help you improve your English and, of course, learn something new. My name's Katya, I'm your host, and today with me is Ken from Manila, Philippines, and Benjamin from London, England. So, before we jump into the topic of education, I have a little request to our listeners. So, we here at Big Apple School always want to become even better. And for that, we need your help. So, what can you do? You can subscribe to our pages on any platform where you listen to our podcast, be that Yandex, Google, VK, Apple. You can rate and review our podcast Leave comments and feedback and send your ideas about our next episodes. And it will help us a lot. So thank you in advance. And now let's jump into this world of education. Here we go. <laughs> so I guess since we're talking about education, you know, both uh, school education and higher education, I think I need to ask you about your educational background. So where did you study? What was your major? Right. Well, um... Let me start by saying that actually, you know, uh, I went to two different universities because I started off at, well, um, it's called University of Santo Tomas. It's um, the oldest university in Asia that was founded in 1611. Ooh. So uh, I went there and um, my major was, uh, so it's Bachelor of Secondary Education, major in English. And then mm -hmm. I had uh, history for my minor. But then again, after about uh, a year and a half, I decided to transfer to another university because I felt like, you know, uh, I want uh, I wanted to have more freedom. Mm -hmm. And by freedom, I meant like academic freedom and the freedom to choose, you know, which, for example, subjects that mm -hmm. I'd like to take and um, the time as well, like when to, you know, like study them. So after that, I moved to uh, the University of the Philippines, which mm -hmm. is... Uh, a state university, contrary to the, you know, University of Santo Tomas, which is like a private university. Mm -hmm. So there I took up the same, um, well, major. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's my background, educational background. So you have a bachelor degree then? and Right. Mm -hmm. and, and then uh, in 20, uh, when did I start? 2011, I took up my uh, master's degree. Mm -hmm. So language education. But um, unfortunately, mm -hmm. I wasn't able to finish it because after about a yeah after a year, I decided to you know have some uh, adventure by you know. And here you are, <laughs> yes, eight years later. <laughs> exactly. But um, just to give a, a bit of a background for those who are not familiar with me, so I um, I wasn't able to finish it because uh, at some point I felt bored and I thought I, I want to have some kind of experience i want to work abroad and that's mm -hmm. you know this whole idea of you know working in an, another country came to my mind where of course the rest is history i went to kazakhstan mm -hmm. worked there for nearly five years and now here for more than uh two years and a half so yeah wow <laughs> unfortunately though yeah i wasn't able to finish my master's degree so i wish i you know um i had finished it before i left uh, mm -hmm. the philippines so do you do you regret it then not finishing? I don't know. It's like fifty fifty. On the one hand, um, I I sort of like regret it because you know mm -hmm. I mean that could have been a great um, addition to my credentials. On the other hand, um, 
I, I just couldn't wait anymore at that point. <laughs> I just, I thought to myself, I got to do it now. <laughs> well, and your master's was supposed to be in language education, right? Exactly. And now you have more than eight years of experience. I sh- so uh, hopefully it, you know, it's uh, more than enough to make up for mm-hmm. that. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> for think, not I think so. I my think master's so. Degree. And as far as I know, um, you also constantly take courses on teaching English as a foreign language. So, you you know, you're not just... You have not just given up, you know, education. I know that you're constantly improving as a teacher. Well, of course, because I I don't want to be left behind and I don't want to be like, you know, come to my classroom and like, okay, so what have we got? Open your textbook, (laughs) page five, exercise one. Oh my God. Done? (laughs) Exercise two. Actually. (laughs) A typical classroom teacher. I'm sorry for the, you know, a little bit of off topic, but that was, um, that was what my professor of Spanish like at an American university. And I was so mad about this. You know, that was that was my first experience with an American university. And that was like, what, 5,000 for a subject per semester. Wow. I was like, this is not what I expected. You know, I wish you could, you know, use this communicative appro- approach. Yeah, because of course like the textbooks are useful. Of course you need, you need them as a basic guide but at the end of the day you need to mm -hmm. you need to like be fluid with your conversations at the end of the day you're there to learn a language and you're there to so i have mastered you know (laughs) filling in filling in filling in in Ah, whatever. And And then uh, I just want to add, though, that it's not about the credentials of a person that makes a real teacher, because I believe that it's in the passion. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think that, well, to be quite honest, like uh, not everyone is, let's say, uh, made to become a teacher. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think this is for everyone because there are, well, there are teachers out there, like professional teachers, because I do know, um, like some of my colleagues in the past, <laughs> of course, they, <clears throat> they they have their teaching license, which, mm-hmm. you know, qualifies them as a teacher. But um, as far as I'm concerned, that alone will not make you a real teacher because a real teacher knows and understands, you know, what um, his or her students needs are mm-hmm. and how to, you know, like uh, work on them. And to actually really care, mm-hmm. to have the mm-hmm. passion. Because, well, uh, teaching is uh, it's a vocation. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's the noblest profession. Yes. Okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, and what yeah. about your educational background? So I have a bachelor's degree. I believe I mentioned on another podcast, but I studied mm-hmm. at the University of Bristol. So that's in the southwest of England. Got a bachelor's degree in Russian and Italian. So a modern languages degree. And that was a four-year degree, spent mm-hmm. my third year here in Russia and in Italy. It was a great experience and here I am now. Uh, before I uh, tell about my educational background, so both of you have mentioned uh, the words major and Ken also has a minor, but the thing is that this is not something, well, at least minor is not something that exists in Russia. Major is what in Russian we call specialness because very often I hear my students saying specialty, but it's yeah. not, it's major. So, but what is minor? How would you explain what a minor is? No, um, it is for actually, so secondary education, I'm supposed to be like a, um, a high school English mm-hmm. teacher, but a minor is, uh, it's, I don't know if it only exists in the Philippines, but... It doesn't. It's an American term, I'd, I'd say, yeah. It's American mm-hmm. and maybe, yeah, Filipino, yeah. So the thing is, if you want to be a, a teacher and you want to specialize in a particular subject, mm-hmm. then uh, definitely uh, most of the subjects that you're going to study at university will be mm-hmm. focused on that. However, um, it's a, like 
like a fallback in a way. So, mm-hmm. for example, if uh, you say, for example, you get tired of like teaching English, at least you still have a minor. Because also at university, I I, I did mm-hmm. study, you know, um, something to do with history, like geography, a bit mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. So I think that explains like. Wait, Ben, don't you have minors in Britain? In the so in Britain, system? you actually don't. Well, I mean, not to my knowledge, I have never come across a major or a minor in a degree. I mean, sometimes people do subjects, for instance, Spanish with law or law mm-hmm. with Spanish. Um, usually the word with is in the degree. It's not minor or major, but Interesting. perhaps it plays the same function as a major or minor. So basically, minor is... Another area you focus your studies on, and some, and they don't need to be related because I have two marvelous examples. One is my friend who majored in business, minored in religion, and then I have a student, a real star. So her major is biochemistry, which is a double major, which is yeah. already tough enough. But then um, the thing is that at universities you need to take some courses not related to your major, so that you know you broaden your horizons. And she decided just you know out of curiosity to take a course in Russian literature. She fell in love with Russian literature. She fell in love in Russian. So later she took an intensive course of Russian, three more semesters of Russian. And now she is majoring in biochemistry and minoring in Russian. Wow. That's a heavy degree. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But yeah, so she has chosen, th- well, two completely different areas, but that's what she but did. I reckon that's a good choice, to be honest. Maybe she can find a job in the mining industry or something like that with biochemistry in Russia. And there's a, there's a lot of minerals in Russia. So I think she's onto something good. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, and um, speaking of my educational background, I... Well, the thing is that now it's a little bit difficult to explain sometimes because uh, even though now in Russia we have a bachelor and, you know, master's degree system, we didn't used to have that um, seven or eight years ago. So what we had was a specialist degree, which equaled to five years of studying. So, and I majored in teaching English as a foreign language. So I spent five years, 10, 12 hours a day <laughs> learning English. Yay. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Fun times. Yeah, better yeah, yeah. I think I better not count how many hours I spent doing that. But um after that, when I need to evaluate my degree for American universities, for example, some of them will take my specialist degree as a bachelor, but some would take it as a master's degree because it's not, you know, four years, but it's not six either. Mm. So what are you? So what is it? <laughs> Now it makes sense to me because uh, I had a student before and he told me about his educational background and I just couldn't figure it out. Like, what do you mean? Is this, what is this? Is this bachelor's mm-hmm. or master's degree? Now, okay, it's, now it makes sense. To yeah, me. it's none of them basically. And then it de- if you go to another country to study or to work, that depends on how this exact place will evaluate your degree. But yeah, and it's, it's all so different. And then uh, I also know that there's this uh, GPA, which is... Oh, the grade point average, you mm-hmm. mean the American system, yeah. What do you have? Is there a word for that? Is, is there a different word for it in, in so Britain? So in the UK, well, I, at least for England, because Scotland has its own different system, which I'm not too familiar Sc- with. But Scotland has its own everything, I it guess. It has its own everything. <laughs> but at least in England and Wales, and I believe Northern Ireland too, we... So the way we grade our university degrees is first class. So anything over, I believe it's 60, oh, 70%. Mm-hmm. And then you have an upper second class. And then 
a lower second class, and then a third, and then a fail. Mm-hmm. So it's like A, B, C, D this, kind of thing. Yeah. This kind of thing. Yeah. Well, <sighs> in in the Philippines, we call it uh, GWA, General Weighted Average, and uh, I would say that the perfect um, mark would be a one. Mm-hmm. And five is a fail. Um, I know this is it's like very convenient, you know, if you come to Russia. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you're like, I graduated with a five. Everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it was the other way around in Russia, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly, so yeah. in here, five is the highest score that you can get. Four is um, good Great, three satisfactory, two a fail, one does not even you know exist basically. So it's just beyond fail. So it's called a, what is it? Piatorka is it? Yeah. So it's 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 the Russian for five. So so when you go to the supermarket Piatorka, it doesn't mean that. Because it's little five. <laughs> yeah, that's so cute. Yeah. A little five. <laughs> Interesting. And how do you call a person? Oh my God! In the US, there's such a long word. Um, who graduated with honors. So only excellent results for everything. Well, um, if it's, wait, wait. Um, if you get up between one and one point, wait, one sec, one and 1.25, uh, when you graduate, uh, definitely the Latin honors to be given is summa cum laude. Mm-hmm. And then if it's between 1.26 and I believe 1.5, that should be magna cum laude. Mm-hmm. And then cum laude for anything that's um, higher than, like between, wait one second, I'm not so good <laughs> at math, so forgive me for this. Um, okay, basically not lower than three. So it's like mm-hmm. uh, anything that's higher, when I say higher, it's like two, uh-huh. you know, 1.75, that is cum laude. Mm-hmm. Is there any special word for that? To be honest, I'm not actually too familiar with that term. I mean, I have heard of cum laude, but I haven't. I'm not too familiar with the ins and outs of it. Yeah. Oh it, well, it's uh, it all depends on the general weighted average. So the higher you get, then of course, um, the higher the Latin honors will be. Mm-hmm. Oh, fancy! <laughs> yeah. Fancy name. Well, and what did you uh, love and hate about your studying experience? I mean, I had, a, I had a fun time. It was it was a good degree. The first year was so much fun. I mean, the first year at university in England, you don't do as much work as you do later on, mm-hmm. which I believe, as you might have said beforehand, is the opposite here in Russia. Yeah, I remember we've mentioned this in one of our episodes that in Russia, it's, the, the, it's absolutely opposite. Mm-hmm. So the first year is when you're the most hardworking. Yeah. And then, you know... The later it is in your studying, the more relaxed and led back you become. Yeah, it's the complete opposite in England. Mm-hmm. The first year is everyone is just a bunch of young people in a big hall of residence <laughs> or a dormitory, and it's just fun twenty four seven. And of course, you of course you study, and it's really good if you enjoy what you're studying. So mm-hmm. I've, I've always enjoyed studying Russian. So it was just nothing but fun. You wow. know, yeah. we kind of have the same situation because. Um, in your first year, basically you're fresh. Sometimes we're oh, that's why referred I to as freshmen. Yeah, exactly. Freshers, yeah. Or, or freshies. Or exactly. fresh freshers is the it's the yeah, it's what you call the whole experience. But mm-hmm. freshman, yeah, that's the first year. And normally, uh, um, so if you're a freshman, uh, most of the subjects that we study are um, general, like general education, because we still have to figure out what exactly we mm-hmm. would like to specialize mm-hmm. in. And it's only in our second year that we get to decide what exactly will be like our major. So like in my case, uh, yeah, uh, as I've said, I've uh, 
taken up um, English and then minor in history. Yeah, I, I love this system, to be honest. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about um, Russian system of higher education, but later. So a little bit of intrigue, you know. So Ken, in- that sounds like the American system. Yeah, well, it, basically because um, our system of education is highly patterned after the Americans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, just a bit of history, of course, we were colonized by the Americans. And, you know, it, it's funny because uh, you would think of the Philippines, well, at least our neighbors, because I don't think, you know, people here in Russia are really well aware of, you know, the Philippine history, but mm-hmm. we were colonized by the Spaniards mm-hmm. and you would think that today we would speak Spanish. No. Uh, so we have two official languages. One is Tagalog. The other one's English. Mm-hmm. Tagalog is basically, I would say 40% of the words are borrowed from Spanish. Mm-hmm. That's why in our language, you would really hear, you know, some Spanish words, but we mm-hmm. don't really speak Spanish sentences. On the other hand, when the Americans came, they educated the whole country and they uh, it was mandatory to learn English and that's why English became like our uh, one of our official languages mm-hmm. well your last name is Amante isn't it does that mean lover in Spanish exactly yeah. how do you know right <laughs> because it's similar to Italian in that sense you know it's funny because when you go to the Philippines you look at us you see a totally Asian looking you know like people yeah with an Uh, with an English first name, but Spanish surname. So for Mm -hmm. example, my real name, by the way, is not Ken. It's JR. So JR Amante, or for example, my friend. So his name is Michael De La Cruz. So it's like Asian, but with an (laughs) English first name, Michael and De La Cruz for surname. I think this is what makes you, you know, outstanding. Uh, Okay, but not so Asian (laughs) in a way, because just like what you said, in terms of the education, it's patterned after the Americans. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the mentality, I guess we're not so Asian in a, in a way. Unlike mm-hmm. uh, the Thai people, Indonesians, Malaysians, we're, I don't know, it's like a mix of a little bit of Europe, a little bit of, you know, America and a little bit of Asia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, re- really friendly Asians. Every Yeah, I mean, almost everyone I've met from the Philippines has been really friendly and well, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And what about um, school? Well, school in general, is it divided into primary school, secondary school, high school? What's the situation like? Um, so in the UK, it's there's no such thing as high school per se. It's a very American concept. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I'm not too sure, maybe they have in other European countries too. But in the UK, you have what is called secondary education primary Mm -hmm. education secondary secondary education then you have the sixth form which is between 16 to 18 and in Mm -hmm. the sixth form you do you can do several different types of qualifications most people do what is called an a level which Mm -hmm. means an advanced level most people do two or three a levels i mean if you're really clever you can do four a levels and it's not like the American system where you, or the, maybe the Russian system where you do general subjects. You choose exactly what mm. you want to do. So I did Italian, French, and art. Does that mean that it's optional? Um, well, it's optional in the sense that I believe, well, at least in my time, it was you can choose to stop school at 16. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. So in the UK, you have what are called GCSEs, which are... It's like are, the final exam, right? Well, GCSE is the final exam when you're 16. Mm-hmm. So you have usually between 8 to 12 subjects, so maths, English, etc. Horrible. 
Yeah, so GCSE stands for General Certificate of Secondary Education. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you go on to do A-levels, which is what I did. So it's about three subjects, sometimes mm -hmm. four if you're really clever. Oh. And yeah, so I did, yeah, as I said, art, French and Italian. But some people can do what is called a B-Tech, which means, I, I can't remember what B-Tech stands for, but if you want to go into a trade, for instance, plumbing, or if you want to mm -hmm. do something yeah, value, learn some valuable skills like that. You do a B-Tech. And there's also, um, Ken, you might have heard of this, the International Baccalaureate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so th that's been... IB. Yeah. yeah, IB. That's been introduced to the UK as well. What is that? So it's a, it's a number-based system. It's more of a well-rounded um, upper education, I'd say. Yeah, so A-levels, they're much more specialized. Mm-hmm. Whereas IB is much more of a rounded kind of American style of education. Everything is so different. <laughs> it's enlightening. <laughs> you know, um, okay, because uh, you mentioned about high school. Yeah, mm -hmm. we do have that. So uh, before um, there used to be just two um, divisions when it comes to um, basic education. That's mm -hmm. uh, elementary school and then high school. But of course, um, over the years, we have changed everything. So now... We have elementary school that is from the first grade to the sixth and then junior high school from the seventh to tenth and then eleventh to twelfth. That's a senior high school. Mm -hmm. So and what at what age does school actually start? So the well, primary okay. or. Uh, right. So now we have what we call the K to 12 system. So K stands for kindergarten mm -hmm. and um, children can go there as early as five years old. Mm -hmm. So in total, we have 13 years of um, basic education. Mm -hmm. Unlike before, which used to be like, what, 11 or 12? But now it's yeah expanded to 13 years. Yeah, I think it's the same in the UK where it's about 13 years as well, something like that. Yeah. So it's interesting how... Both in, in the UK and in the Philippines, it seems that kindergarten is included in the education. Yeah, I guess since I guess it's it K is, to yeah. well, what is K to twelve, you said? Yes. Because in Russia I think it's more it's not usually considered as education per se. So it's just a way to get rid of the child during the day. I'm yeah. sorry, no. <laughs> well, well but, you know, have a place you could where say that. the child is looked after and <laughs> cared for. But yeah, wow. Because in Russia, kindergarten is optional. Mm. So for example, I only went to kindergarten at the age of three for like a mm. year. But then we have primary school, which starts at seven. But then you can go there at the age of six, as I did, for example, and it's first four grades and in the past the fourth grade did not exist so it was one two three five mm. for some reason i have no idea why <laughs> yeah and then we have um, middle or secondary school which was from grades five to nine and then 10 11 was like an equivalent of high school i would say mm. but um so what surprised me, for example, in the U.S. is that each school, primary school, secondary school, high school, they're all different buildings. Mm -hmm. Is that the case in yeah, your country? Yeah, same thing. Yeah, the same. Buildings. Really? The same. Yeah. Is it how? Well. <laughs> it's just to me, it's so, it's so unusual. I think there are only several schools here in Novosibirsk, which 
have a um, separate building for primary school. But that's only because, you know, now there are so many kids and they physically have no space for everybody in one mm. building. But yeah, other than that, it's usually everyone from grade one to grade 11 in one building. That's okay. That's interesting. It's kind of hard for me to imagine because, well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the Philippines, just like probably in the UK, so it's really separate. So primary mm-hmm. school goes to that building and mm-hmm. then, you know, high school, another building. So we don't mix them up. Interesting. I wonder what's better. I think there's no such thing as like better because well. it's just different, totally different systems. But well, I can I can say for one thing that when you have... um first graders in the building even if it's like one or two classes as uh, as it was when i was working at a school it's chaos during the breaks yeah. <laughs> real chaos because they're so little and they're so loud so loud i can just imagine and um in the primary school do kids get grades What's, what's, what do they study? What do they learn? Do they have subjects? Well, I guess they get stickers and <laughs> stickers <laughs> and pats on the back. And, <laughs> <laughs> and good job. Well done. A star, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what do, they, what do they learn? Do they have subjects like, okay, we now have math. Now we have English. Now we have art. Yeah, yeah. You learn maths and then, yeah. The basic subjects like yeah. mathematics, mm-hmm. um, science, English, of course. And then we have our other language, Filipino, history. Um, I don't know. It's like the like typical. I, I don't know. Isn't it universal? Or maybe I'm just assuming that, you know, it's the same worldwide. I, mean, I think it's more or less the same. Yeah. Well, there might be some changes. Well, I know in Scandinavia, they have a completely different system where you don't even start school until you're seven, eight years old. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but they start much later there and they don't really see the point of school before that age. Hmm. So I'm not sure how it works there, but it's supposed to be a much more relaxed style of education out there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I have heard that Scandinavian educational system is considered to be one of the best, even yeah. though they don't have exams in the way that we, you know, have exams. So no tests, nothing like that. But yet... It works for them. <laughs> it does. It does. There are so many interesting videos where education experts from the US or from other countries come to Scandinavia and they're so shocked. They're like, how come that you don't have exams? How do you evaluate what a student knows? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, apparently they have a system. So I mean, I, I'd, I'd see the merit in seeing pass and fail. I mean, if you can do something, you can do something. Well, depends, of course, because you can... Sp- some people, when it comes to learning languages, some people speak better than others. So, right. so I guess it's kind of hard to evaluate that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then again, if you want to, let's say, apply for university later in a different country, you need to prove that you are better yeah. than other applicants. So why do you need to be chosen and not another person? So I really wonder how they do that. But that was all right. And what about middle school? So um, what grades is it and how many subjects do people usually study there? Do they have a choice? Well, um, in the Philippines, of course, uh, everything is controlled by the Department of Education, which is, of course, in charge of the basic education in the Philippines. Um, I don't know. They don't have any choice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's um, mandatory to take all the subjects. I'm just not quite sure at the moment how many there are since 
I've been away from school for many years now, so <laughs> unfortunately, I cannot provide you with a, the mm-hmm. exact figure. But um, all I can say is, um, all subjects are they're fixed, so um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no options. Mm-hmm. Ben, what's the situation like in England? So yeah, middle school. I mean, as I said before, you have GCSEs, and that's essentially what middle school is so between the ages of i guess 14 to 16 you learn your gccs mm-hmm. is may i ask you a question about it is it so it's an exam yeah so there are various different exams so oh so you can have a gcse in math the gcse and yes, exactly mm-hmm. so so mm-hmm. some are mandatory like maths and english well kind of mandatory mm-hmm. some people just don't do it <laughs> but um, yeah, maths and English and at least the basic sciences are, are mm-hmm. mandatory. Then you also have other um, optional subjects such as geography mm-hmm. or history and then perhaps art. So, so and does your choice depend on what you want to study further? It, yes, it does. So when you do A-levels, you usually have to meet a certain criteria at your GCSEs. So mm-hmm. if you want to do maths for A-level, you have to have at least an A Mm, at an least a. an A. Yeah, at least an A. <laughs> Not that there are many options that you know that are <laughs> yeah. above an A. <laughs> I mean, maths is a great subject. I wish I were. I wish I were better at maths, but yeah, I only got a B in maths. I can relate. Yeah. All right. So, and um, you know, that reminds me of the exam that we have at the end of school time, which is YGE. So it's like a state exam, mm-hmm. and then you can take a state exam in uh, different subjects, but you have. Two subjects that are mandatory, which are Russian mm. and math. And then math uh, can be of two types, basic and like advanced, advanced yeah. I mm. think. Yeah, something like that. So you take advanced if you need to uh, provide the exam results for your college. Mm. Yeah. But then if you, for example, if you're applying for college and you want to major in foreign languages, you don't need, you know, advanced math. So, but it's so... I just wonder what it's like, you know, to take exams in in your countries because with this state exam, it's a nightmare in a way that you... So first of all, you never take it in your own school because, you know, apparently apparently Mm. they think that, you know, your own walls can help or something. No, so uh, the students are taken to different schools. Then you come there, you have, you know, this metal detector. Mm -hmm. So you need to um, put all your phones, you know, in some kind of a locker or something like that. Mm -hmm. So... You know, so that you're not cheating. Well, fair enough, yeah. But th- I was um, I was a teacher in one, well, at some of these exams. So the thing is that when students come, they have, you know, closed envelopes on their tables. So before that starts, there are cameras in every single room. So you need to show the envelope to the camera. Like, this is one side, this is another. We can see that it is closed. I, and you have to say it out loud, very loudly. Like, I am counting the number of envelopes, one, Two, so you can see, you know, how many envelopes there are in the room, how many envelopes will be used by the end of the exam. That's really good. That's really secure. Very. And the thing is that the teacher is not allowed to have anything, not a book, not a notebook, wow. not a f- nothing. That's really strict. So that, you know, they eliminate the possibility of helping any right. student. And then if a student says, I need another, you know, piece of paper, a draft paper. So you take a sheet of paper, show it to the camera that it's, you know, blank on both sides Wow! give it to the students and the thing is that before they start writing they put their you know passport data so that there are no names on the blanks mm-hmm. and the thing is that you need to check the name on the blank the photo and the information but you are not allowed to touch their passport so you have to stand and say could you please open your passport 
Thank you. And then you move to the next person. You are not allowed to touch anything. So you have to be like Harry Houdini, <laughs> basically, yeah, if you want to cheat. And it's, you yeah. can you can imagine if anyone is caught cheating, actually caught cheating, the results for the whole building, you know, are oh, voided. They're yeah, voided. Yeah, they're, oh my god! Wow. So and it's. I think this is too much stress. Too much stress. Mm. Although. Students still find ways to cheat, of course, because <laughs> students be I'm students. I'm intrigued. How do you know of any methods of how students are cheated? And it's, it's, it's literally like boarding an aircraft. You have to <laughs> go through security. Well, I know that some people, you know, they put some uh, paper or cheat sheets into their well pockets or, you know, um, under their feet and their shoes. And then yeah. when they go to the bathroom, they kind of, you know, read something. Although, how can how can you possibly know what you what you might need? Unless it's like formulas, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, and you can um, you can later, you know, see all these cheat sheet papers in the bathroom on the floor. Because when you get outside, you're like, I'm clean, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it's... You know, to be honest with you, while we're still on this subject of like cheating, I just, I don't know, like, I'm not saying that I was a perfect student back then, but I'm just saying um, it's almost like impossible like it's so hard for me to to do it because firstly um i feel guilty easily mm-hmm. if i were to to do it um and especially in the kind of system that you you have just described to us if i were you know like one of them mm-hmm. it would be extremely difficult if i even had you know any desire mm-hmm. to to do mm-hmm. it i would be discouraged after listening to what you've said because there, there are basically you would be cameras. exposed to <laughs> yeah. you know easily yeah so and i don't want to be the reason for the test for the entire test to be uh, considered void because mm-hmm. of me that would be a huge embarrassment and you know basically i would be blamed for everything so i don't know how students even get the courage to even attempt to, to do it maybe out of desperation they have not a single bit of con you know consciousness or anything okay. like that you know <laughs> like nah but you know that's an interest since we're still on the topic because i remember talking to my american students about russian system and i said look while i was teaching at a secondary school and at university i was um, substituting my professor I saw people, you know, cheating in such a way you would never even think of. You know, when a student comes with, you know, this cup of coffee from a coffee shop. Yeah. And then, you know, he's like, drink, kind of drinking his coffee. Mm-hmm. But then you think, wait, something, something's wrong here. And then you find out that actually inside of the cup, it's not coffee, but oh. paper. <laughs> and, you know, and on the cup, in very small letters, there are things written I had a student who I think that was he has mastered mm-hmm. the way of cheating, even though he could have easily spent this time learning and, you know, masterfully passing the exam. So, you know how when you have a watch, you have some some watch with um, very big round. Yeah, the, cl- like, the face. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes you need to wind it up, you know, for, for that to work. Mm-hmm. So and I could see a student who was winding his clock up so often and I found out that he put, so he disassembled the watch, yeah. wow. put some paper in it. So when he was winding it up, the paper would, you know, change. Like how many hours <laughs> you had to spend on this? It's- exactly. Maladiet. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. That is art, like the art of cheating. <laughs> but I, um, so in the US, for example, in, in a college, if you're caught cheating, there's a very high chance that you'll be expelled. So yeah. They they don't you know 
It's not a joke. So you cheat. Uh uh-uh. uh. Well, um, speaking of cheating, so um, I'm not just talking about like the achievement tests for like national level, like you know, mm-hmm. uh, state exams, but even with say, for example, quizzes or uh, final exams uh, in each level. At least in our culture, in the Philippines, if you're caught by the teacher, uh, the teacher has the right to crample your paper and literally mm-hmm. throw it away and ask you to leave the room. And automatic, you're going to get a zero for, for that mm-hmm. exam. Um, yeah, that's how strict uh, it is. And that's why sometimes, okay, I don't know if I should mention you know, <laughs> any particular country, but let's just say... Um, well, I've been to one country and um, <laughs> it it just amazed me how there are so many ways of like cheating. And I asked them, I mean... Is that country Russia? Well, that sounds no. Like fortunate, Russia. No, no. Fortunately, <laughs> it's not Russia, but never mind the country. <laughs> but the thing is, um, I was just amazed. Like, how could you do that during the exams? Like, um, aren't the teacher or teachers uh, monitoring everything? And I was told that sometimes the teacher just sits there, like does something else because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine because coming from the system that I come from, well, it's really strict. It's almost like, you know, sometimes the teacher would tell us, you know, I have 10 eyes. I can see every corner of the room uh-huh. so you cannot hide from me. It's very <laughs> Russian for you, you know, I have eyes everywhere. Yeah, exactly. In the back of my head. <laughs> And all of us are, you know, are, are are scared to even attempt. So, yeah, that's why it's, I don't know. Like You wow. know, I, I mm. love this strict system more mm-hmm. because I think that provides a better quality of education. Because let's say when um, I was writing my thesis and let's say several years before that, there were no, like, what is it? Um, Plagi- um, plagiarism. Plagiarism. Ah, yeah, yeah. There was no, like, anti-plagiarism systems, you know, when you put the text and you see how much of that was plagiarized. Plagiarized? Plagiarized, yeah. Plagiarized, yeah. I, it's a funny word. Yeah, yeah. it is. It doesn't yeah. sound right. Like, is that <laughs> even a word? Anywho, but now there are these systems, so when people are like, oh, it becomes difficult to write a thesis. I'm like, yeah, because you're not supposed to copy that. So, you know, you can quote certain things, but still. So when I see... Uh, this huge difference between, for example, Russian and American, you know, systems, educational systems. And I love the American one more because it's way more strict. Mm -hmm. And thus the students are forced to study whether they want it or not. So I think it brings, you know, better results. So wait, but what about the Philippines and the final exams after, you know, after school? How many do you have to take? Is it, are there some mandatory ones and... Well, of course, apart from the one that is um, given by the school itself, uh, we also have, well, I've already mentioned it uh, earlier, the national achievement test, which is like your state exam. So basically two. So Mm -hmm. one that's given by your school and the other one is from the government or from the state. And you have to pass both of them. So do they cover like all subjects or what is it like? Well, um, if we talk about the one that is um, made by the school, then basically all the subjects taken in your final year. And then if we talk about okay. the state exam, the uh, National Achievement Test, it, five subjects, uh, mathematics, science, English, history, and Filipino, which is our like... And then science, you know, you know sounds a little bit vague. So it also includes biology, chemistry, yes. physics. E- oh. That's too much. I That's mean, it sounds a bit much. like torture, but yeah, it is. It is what it is. 
So in, what if we move to higher education? So when you want to apply for university, what do you need? Do you only need exam results or something else? What's the situation like? Well, in the UK, you need exam results. And if you go to Oxford or Cambridge, then you need to pass the entrance exam to that university. Mm-hmm. So before you're even allowed to take the entrance exam at Oxbridge, it's called Oxford, Cambridge, mm-hmm. you have to have excellent grades. Uh, most other universities, sense. so in the UK at least, you have the choice of five different universities to go to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you you apply to them and you either accept it or you're not. So you just send the, you just send your documents in. You don't need to write any kind of essays, anything like that. Um, only for Oxbridge. Yeah, mm-hmm. only for Oxbridge. Um, so you get what are called conditional offers. So provided that you get the grade, you, you're given the offer at the university. If you're exceptionally intelligent, sometimes you get unconditional offers, but that's mm-hmm. very rare. Well, yeah, that's reasonable. We kind of have a, a similar system because, um, well, firstly, there are two um, minimum requirements that they try to look at. Uh, the first one is, of course, your uh, grades from, mm-hmm. you know, from high school. I mean, from, you know, um, I mean, for, uh, yeah, from high school. So if you meet the minimum uh, grade, then... Okay, good for you. So you're already done with the first requirement. The second one is, of course, the entrance exam. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's true, I would say, I think for, for all of the universities and colleges in the Philippines. And uh, if you do very well in the uh, entrance exam, then you could be offered some scholarships. So 100% uh, tuition fee that's totally free, or so it could be half, covered. depending on how you performed in the entrance mm-hmm. examination. Speaking of, since you've mentioned tuition, I have two questions. So the first one is, is education free or not free? Can you get higher education for free? In, in what, what about the Philippines? Yeah, because, yeah, is that is that provided by the state or do you have to pay for that? Uh, if, if we talk about which one? Higher education. Higher education, higher, university. Yeah. Well, we have two classifications. We have, of course, the state colleges and universities where basically um, it should be free, but then you have to pay some fees for minor things like miscellaneous things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have your private colleges and universities where uh, obviously you have to pay. Mm-hmm. You know, the the interesting thing is that um, I don't know about Russia or maybe other countries, but in the Philippines, we tend to take private colleges and universities more seriously because in a lot of people's minds, um, we have better education if we go to private universities, except for the uh, exceptional ones like, I mean, University of the Philippines, because it's one of the top universities Mm -hmm. in my country. So if you go there, wow. So, you know, good for you. But if you just go to an ordinary state university, like regional state university, um, it's like, oh, okay, but I mean, good, good for you, for but, you. <laughs> you know, because we have what, uh, well, uh, I don't know about Russia, but for example, in the Philippines, we have what we call the big four. When you say big four, mm-hmm. these are the so top, I guess four, like top four most respected, prestigious universities. Uh-huh. The first one is University of the Philippines, which is a state university. And the rest of them from two to four, these are private universities. Mm -hmm. I guess it also depends what you're studying because if you're studying maths and you don't go to the best university, you're still learning maths and it doesn't really... I mean, it depends what you're studying. It's Mm -hmm. true, it's true. But uh, what I'm saying is that there is just this general perception that if you go Mm -hmm. to this university, automatically people will 
respect you, quote unquote, respect you. But Mm -hmm. then again, there are also other universities that are not in the big four, but they do very well in certain specializations that they think, ah, okay, like, okay, you're still good. (laughs) I actually had a question about that, uh, about private and public universities. And that's fascinating because in Russia, private universities are not really trusted and respected. There are very few of them and usually they do not, you know, they're questionable. Do they really have a license? What kind of education do they provide? So if you say that you graduated from a private university, you are less likely to find a job, for example, especially a good job. So public universities have way more trust in them. You know, when I heard that for the first time, I was really, I was surprised (laughs) that really it kind of like destroyed my whole idea because, <laughs> okay, wow. Okay, well, different country, different system, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and what about British education? Is it possible to get uh, education for free, to get full? At least, um, so in my father's day when he was, when he went to university, he got free education. He, mm-hmm. he was, yeah, he was lucky. When I went to university, it cost, the tuition fee was £3,000 a year. So you can get a student loan for that. And then 3, you can get... £3,000. Yeah, but now it's £9,000 a year. Uh, okay, let me and say, uh, 9000 <laughs> Just so you understand, yeah. the college where I'm teaching, yeah. it's $80,000 per year. ridiculous. Wow. 80000 yeah. And I wish I could say, you know, that it's just... It's just because it's, you know, in top three and that's where Hillary Clinton studied. Yeah. No, in like, averagely, it starts at, I think, 50000 per year. It's insane. It's horrifying you can't what exactly do you need to sell you know okay google what body organs does a human not need to pay for the change but you say so it's let's say nine thousand pounds per year but is it still possible to get some kind of scholarship or anything yes, it like is that possible to get scholarships absolutely yeah which which can sometimes i believe sometimes constitute 80 percent of the tuition mm-hmm. fee so yeah, it really depends on how much of a maladiette or who you are. <laughs> yeah. So you say up to 80%. And then is there such a thing as assistantship? So you can cover the rest by working on campus or being a, being I an assistant? I don't believe so. I mean, there, there are lots of students who, who get part-time jobs. I don't know how they do it. They, they are mm-hmm. serious, serious people if you have a part-time job and you do a full-time degree. But... Yeah, um, I don't believe there's a assistantship as per, yeah, per se. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, I compare it not only with the Russian system, but with the American one, which I had uh, a pleasure of working in and studying for a short amount of time. Anyway, so in there, it's, it is possible to get full uh, scholarship if you have exceptional success in sport, for example. Americans yeah. love sport. Yeah, they have the sports scholarship. So sports scholarship, yeah. So if you're good at football. <laughs> Absolutely, football. yeah. So um, because you can see that the price, the tuition is horribly, unbelievably high. It's ridiculous. It is. So and they have scholarships which can cover up to 100% of your tuition. Sometimes um, student can get an assistantship. So you assistant a professor, so you're kind of a TA, a teaching assistant. So you grade the papers or you help with something else. You help with the research and that can cover some, you know, some of your expenses. A lot of students, a lot of students work on campus, in libraries, in um, dining halls, you name it. Because, you know, they still need money 
mm-hmm. you know, to pay at least for yeah. some things, you know, because it's not only the studying itself, but it's also boarding, mm-hmm. food. And let's say there are a lot of colleges that are on meal plan and you can't, you know, say no to a meal plan because right. it's in the rules. So, yeah. There are quite a few students who live out of their cars sometimes. Oh. That's true, yeah. And they get gym memberships at Planet Fitness, which is a huge chain across America. So they mm-hmm. can have a shower there and... and yeah, it's quite a common thing, actually. But in Russia, it's absolutely different. So, of course, it's, you know, in the process of being changed and it's constantly changing. But when I was um, getting my degree in 2009, there were more uh, public funded, let's say, mm-hmm. places. So it was way easier to get education for free. So I got mine absolutely for free. I didn't pay for anything. Nice. Wow. Only boarding, but that was like 1,000 rubles per semester, which is, come oh, on, wow. it's nothing. That's great. It's almost free. It's nothing. And I was so happy about it because my family told me, you know, beforehand, like, we're afraid if you don't get this budget place, as we call it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we call that budget. So then we won't be able to, you know, we, we can't afford it. We can't afford this education. So both my sister and I, we got our education for free. But you need to provide your exam results so they need to be above, you know, the minimum for the university. And they only have a limited amount of, you know, these budget places. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and every year there are fewer and fewer of them. So the government does not fund the universities as well. And, you know, also that depends on the faculty and university. Because, mm-hmm. for example, my sister majored in math. So at her faculty, there were... 250 budget places. In mine, there were 50, just 50. Mm-hmm. So you can see the difference. Whatever's more needed for the country has more budget places. And then, so as far as I understand, well, in both um, the Philippine system and the British system, you um, choose your major. And usually you do that when you're a sophomore in your second year. Right. In Russia, you have to choose that before you even apply. And that's what I absolutely hate. Because you can imagine, you have to choose what what you want to become mm-hmm. at the age of 16. Well, yeah, because you can't do that in your final year. Of- well, I mean, that is kind of like the British system. You have to choose your subject beforehand, yeah. But then you apply for university and you might have noticed that we have not just state university, but sometimes we have, let's say, I studied at pedagogical university, mm-hmm. which means 90% yeah. of people who graduate are teachers and they have a major in teaching Mm -hmm. and then you also choose the faculty and the department which means before even applying to university you need to know what your major is going to be and then you study five years well now four years studying just that and if you if you at some point understand that no this is not what I want to do in life which often happens because when you choose something at the age of 16 you're very unlikely to you know want to pursue that uh, you have to, there's no way but for you to drop out of college and start all the process all over again. So, and I don't, I don't like it. Well, that's unfortunate. And this is the reason why um, I hear a lot of like, you know, um, some of my students who would say, for example, they took up a, a particular major um, in college and then they end up with a different job once they, you know, graduate from university. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I mean, it, uh, I'm not saying that, you know, it doesn't happen in the Philippines. Of course, it also happens. And sometimes midway, for example, uh, uh, in their second or even third year, they, you know, like realize at some point, like, okay, I don't think this is my, you know, um, mm-hmm. 
this is the path that I, I, I'm going to. So um, they make a last minute change and that's actually allowed so they can shift to another kind of major. So long as you meet the minimum requirements, like anyway, there are some similar subjects mm-hmm. and then you have uh, someone who will uh, check everything mm-hmm. so that, mm-hmm. you know, they will be credited. And then you can sort of like study again, but not the whole thing because you've exactly, already you can satisfied. have an additional year, for example. Yeah. And I love this system because let's say in the US, your first year, it's just your first year. You have some subjects you think you might like. You have some mandatory ones like writing, English writing, because, you know, students usually are not taught how to write well at school, you know, mm-hmm. different essays and whatnot. And then your second year, this is the year when you have to declare your major. Then if you at some point understand this is not what you want to do, you can change your major until the end of your senior year. So the third year, but then you will have, you will most likely um, have to study for another year. Yeah, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, for those uh, listening, so very often during my lessons, I hear students struggle how to say, you know, um, how to express things about their years at university. And they say, when I was in my first grade I'm like no so just do you who's listening who's struggling with it you say in the first year in the second year and then there are names for each year so first years are freshmen and I think it's yeah I mean in the UK you can say in my first year in my second year but in the US it's more in my freshman year in my freshman so- yeah, exactly. sophomore, sophomore, sophomore junior junior senior, senior. junior and senior yeah. Yeah, yeah it took some time for me to remember you know like junior and senior I used to mix them all the time but yeah freshman sophomore uh, junior senior and senior right yay I've got a question actually is the Russian education or higher education system, is it based on the Soviet system? Would you know anything about that? Are, are there similarities between the two? Uh, pretty much. It's pretty it depends, much but also that depends on what exactly you study. Because let's say if it's math, you're most likely to even have Soviet textbooks. You know, nothing has mm-hmm. changed in that. Yeah. So when I was studying um, in 2009, oh God, that was so fun because we had... Um, the subject of uh, practical grammar and the textbook we had was printed in 1986. So there were a lot of examples to translate about kalhos. Yeah. You know, things like that. Collective farms. And you're like, I don't think I'll need that in my life. (laughs) Except to mention that on on a podcast, you know. (laughs) But that's it. Why? Why do I Mm. need that? No, give us something more modern. Mm. So I think that depends on the subject and on a professor as well. Because we had young professors who used, you know, technology, who used modern textbooks. Mm-hmm. But then you have someone who's 75 who teaches, you know, with a textbook printed in 1986. Wow. <laughs> was it all the same grading system? So it was Piatiorka? Yeah, and- yeah it's, not, it's not really changed. I know that some universities try to implement this uh, point system. So in yeah. order to graduate, you have to collect a certain amount of points or mm-hmm. 10... Um, it's like 10 grade system. So it's not the five that is the highest, but the 10. But no, mo- most of universities is still good old Pitorka. Yeah, Pitorka. <laughs> I like how that sounds. <laughs> yeah, all students do, do too, you know. It's way better than three. Oh. <laughs> way better. So and... um. So in the in the American universities, there's also the system of credit and audit. Do you have the same system in in the UK and in the Philippines? I don't believe so. Um, 
So credit. So the thing is that when you study, in order to graduate, you have to get a certain amount of credits mm-hmm. for each well, subject. I think I have heard of this. Yeah. So yeah, for each subject that you take, when you take the exam, depending on your result, you will get a certain amount of credits. Usually from well, it's around two or three. And in order to get a bachelor degree, you need 120 credits. So thus, you can you know think how many subjects you can take per semester, or you know per year. So you, it can vary. But sometimes there are some subjects that you kind of want to learn, but you don't really want to do all the homework or, you know, you don't want to pass an exam or take an exam. I'm sorry. So in this case, you can take it with an audit, which means you are a free listener. You can just come to lectures, listen to them, but you don't have to do any homework and you can't really uh, join, you know, the discussions, you can't join any projects. So you are there just, you know, as a little ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just listening, remembering, but it's not, it does not affect, you know, your degree anyhow. So, I mean, we have such a thing like a credit, but audit, I don't think we have that because I just remember, you know, while you were, you know, describing mm-hmm. it to us, I was trying to remember my uh, transcript of records. I, I did see the word credit there, like one, 1.5, like two, but, um, audit. No, I don't, I don't think we have such a thing. Yeah. What about you, I mean, there, there were some open lectures at university, mm-hmm. which you could go to. So for instance, there were some ph- philosophy lectures, mm-hmm. but I'm not too sure. I mean, perhaps it does exist. I'm just not particularly familiar. Because, for example, when I was an exchange student, I had to take two subjects per semester. But since my, you know, my major goal in there was to be a cultural intermediary between the countries. So I was Mm. assisting, I was organizing events. So study was not my priority. And it couldn't be because, again, that was not the goal of the program. Mm -hmm. So, and I decided to audit some of the subjects. And some professors say, okay, you are auditing it. I don't want you to speak during the lectures. Well, during the classes, I'm afraid. So you're auditing. So you're taking the time of students who actually, you know, get this for credit. Mm -hmm. So, but some allowed me to, you know, join the discussion to participate during the lessons. For example, my linguistics class. So yeah, it depends. The biggest, well, the biggest difference is not only in the credits that you get or don't get. Mm -hmm. It's also the price. So for example, one subject can be, you know, 5,000 per semester, 3,000 per semester. Auditing is 300, 400. Mm. So, you know, when you still want to learn, but you don't want to do things and also it's cheaper. Although, although, um, as again, as a, as an exchanged, uh, exchange student, I could take one, two subjects, uh, even last year. And the thing is that, that my college, Wellesley College has a cross registration with MIT, which means, our students can take subjects at MIT. MIT mm. can take subjects at Wellesley because these are, Wellesley is more of humanities. Right. MIT is tax, so they have battle labs and everything. And I asked them, can I take uh, a subject at MIT? I, I want to audit it technically since I can audit subjects at Wellesley. I'm supposed to be able to audit some subjects at MIT. So they reached out. So my department reached out to MIT and they said, well, since technically she's not enrolled in Wellesley College. Mm -hmm. She can definitely do that for the full price. And I'm like, okay, okay. So how much is the full price again? And they said (laughs) 9,400. So 9,400 for a class that means once a week. Right. Jesus (laughs) Christ. Once a week. What Can you imagine every single lesson that you have 
on this subject is is more than five hundred dollars. Wow. You will never want to skip a lesson. I mean, ever. not not to diminish universities, but at the end of the day, you can learn a lot of this stuff on YouTube. Right, <laughs> it, it, it exactly. depends what I mean. That there's some excellent maths lectures on YouTube. I mean, I'm not particularly amazing at maths, but there was a time a couple of years ago when I was trying to sharpen up my maths and. But then there is some formidable material on. I think YouTube. it's it's amazing when you have some theory that you need to learn. But if it's practice, if you need a lab, if you need something like that, oh yeah, like chemistry or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I wanted to uh, take a course in instructional design, and this is in you know this is the area that is still developing. What's so. instructional design? That's Instructional design is uh, designing syllabi courses, especially online courses now. Oh, okay. So basically, that's a person who stands behind every 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 single course at university. So what components should it have? So it's yeah. not enough to just open the book and you know. So mm. yeah. So instructional designers look at that, and in different online platforms, what what can work better with university or with a course. So it's kind of like teaching mixed with psychology mixed with with everything yeah Yeah, psychology technology as well because you have to understand you know how a certain program works and how it affects the learning so it's it's a relatively new area so which i hope one day to get my phd in but you know all right and um so what about the value of education well I think it's not really a question for Ben because British education is valued mm-hmm. everywhere. Russian is not anywhere. It's really funny because it should be the other way around, in my opinion. I mean, oh, Russia, really? Why? Russia produces some really intelligent people. Right. You produce it produces chess masters to um, some IT, great scientists, yeah, great scientists, art, computer specialists, and I mean, I'm not saying I'm not trying to diminish the UK too much, but I mean, I think <laughs> Russian education is extremely undervalued. It's going down the hill. That's the problem. Because really? earlier, earlier mm-hmm. there was a lot of funding. The the professions and the professors were valued. There were more hours the students spent at university, more subjects. Um, and now, even though now we have more opportunities for learning, they have fewer hours that they spent at university, fewer things. So there are fewer subjects as well. Even compared to when I was learning, we had way more subjects than students have now. So, and a lot of people just don't want to work at universities anymore because it doesn't pay. It's not going to, you know, cover your mortgage payment mm. even. So, why bother working for 15000 per month? So, well. And what about uh, Filipino education? Is it, is it valued around the, around the world? Um, okay, that's an interesting question because... Well, I've only worked in into countries so far and they didn't really ask like from which university you come from. But, you know, um, okay. However, whenever we, for example, if you want to work in the United States, we still have to meet certain standards. And, you know, um, I, I just forgot the name of the system. Basically, the idea is they have to find certain subjects that are equivalent in the mm-hmm. U.S. So they, they still credit it. In other words, they, they still accept it. Uh, and then it's up to their evaluation whether, mm-hmm. you know, this candidate mm-hmm. will still need a couple more like subjects just mm-hmm. to satisfy the minimum requirements in the U.S. So I would say that generally it's still, you know, like accepted, but um, 
there are still a couple more things that need to be met in order to, you know, mm-hmm. for somebody who is a graduate from the Philippines will be totally accepted. Mm-hmm. But so far in my experience, um, they didn't really question me like, oh, you're from the Philippines. You got your education there. So no, 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 no. We, uh, yeah. we, we want you to, you know, get mm-hmm. more qualifications. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't happened to me so far. Mm-hmm. So Okay. Wow. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And what about, I have one last uh, topic for us to discuss, subtopic. What about community colleges? Do you have an equivalent of that? And if so, what kind of professions can you get there? I mean, it's mostly trade skills in the UK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so like yeah, like plumbing, electric, electric. Yeah, yeah, electrics or yeah, becoming an electrician. Um, yeah, trades, generally speaking. I mean, you can learn other skills too. For instance, you can become a nurse or you can become a dental hygienist. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's many different courses that they're generally pretty good community colleges. We don't refer to them as community colleges in the Philippines. They're more like, we call them like the technical vocational school. So mm-hmm. it's more mm-hmm. about, again, trade. So um, plumbing, you know, if you want to be an electrician. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, of course, y- you know, you spend time there much shorter. Um, mm-hmm. And if you want to do like a shortcut and have a profession, then you go there after finishing or completing your basic education. So, yeah. And what's, we, the, mm-hmm. what, what's the attitude to them like? Because in Russia, you know, they are not really respected. Hey, well. even, <laughs> even though, you know, a profession of a plumber or an electrician or someone like that used to be quite respected. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, you do useful job. Well, now in the UK, things are changing very fast. Plumbers make really good money. So do electricians. It's a really respected thing now. Whereas I guess 20 years ago, it wasn't so much the mm-hmm. case. Whereas now, if, if you're a plumber, if you're a tradesman, you, you've got a secure job. Same in the US. I was, which, you know, shocked me when we had to call a plumber on a weekend um, in the evening and the bill was like $450 for like 15 minute work. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but in Russia, it's still, you know, this attitude, which is, oh, so if you are a plumber, that means you have not succeeded in life. And I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough trade being a plumber. And mm-hmm. You have to learn a lot of skills. I mean, Absolutely. I was contemplating it even a long time ago. It was, I mean, it's, it's quite a... It'd be quite fun, to be honest. I, I would I would enjoy it. But, you would never run out of yeah. work, you know. Yeah. No matter what situation is like, what crisis yeah. we're in. Right. But, you know, it, it's interesting because also in the Philippines, we have... Uh, a similar thinking we don't really um what's the nicer word for it um i don't want to say like respect like we don't respect but it's just not seen in the same level as those who really you know uh, completed a degree like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. minimum at best is four years but um because if you go to such you know like community college as you call them um is like you only go there for what, like two years? And so like for two, us, three years for yeah, us two, two, three, yeah, like that. But then again, it's still shorter than mm-hmm. your average, you know, degree program. So, you know, that's interesting because, for example, I know that um, in France, your bachelor degree is three years. So, you know, that depends on how you look on that. <laughs> but mm-hmm. anyway, uh, we're talking about the Philippine perspective. So we don't. Um, again, we don't see it in the same level as like bachelor degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for us, okay, well, good for you that you went there and now you can start early and you, mm-hmm. you can have a job. 
But I don't know. It's just the traditional thinking, I guess. I guess. We, we put yeah. so much value on education. And it's almost like uh, we're going to respect you depending on the number of years that you have mm-hmm. actually spent for your education. The shorter it is, then you're not going to have the same kind of like respect mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the rest of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's unfair, but well, it is what I'm it just is. saying yeah. what you can't you know. change people overnight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that was very fun. And I know that nowadays uh, there are, well, there are quite a lot of people who want to pursue their education in different countries, be that, you know, the UK, Germany, Italy, the US. And if you, dear listeners, are considering applying uh, for your degree in Europe or the US, you can always reach out to us, Big Apple School, to help you with your IELTS, TOEFL, or any kind of exam preparation. We're always here for you we're happy to help always always all right so that was the big apple school podcast and today we discussed education so we talked about our educational background we talked about difference in educational system in the philippines in the uk and in russia we talked about primary school secondary school high school different exams that we take higher education and what the hell is credit audit system because This is something that not many people know. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you struggle to understand our conversation, you're always welcome to our website, which is bigappleschool.com slash podcast. You can find full scripts of each episode there. So you can listen and read. And it's very fun because the text just pops up. So yeah. And if you want to see more content, which will help you learn English, you're always welcome to any social media. VK, Telegram, YouTube, just search our name, which is Big Apple School. We have very cool profiles on each and every social media there is. So, yeah, that was Katya. And my guests for today were... Ken. And... Benjamin. Stay tuned and we'll see you around.